You write about weed sometimes. Yeah, I write about what I smoke every week. Um, (laughs) It's still great. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think, uh, like a a respectable adoration for weed is something you don't see, like a whole lot of uh, representations of. Like, not really. Yeah, I think someone who's literary and and uh, has a love affair there is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny because it it's a pretty um, on the on the magic side of things it's it's a pretty potent teacher plant but it's just the the whole culture that surrounds it is just so goofball and ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) and like uh i said this to somebody where it was like i was there was somebody was talking about dabs or no uh what is the other what's not there's another term for it shatter or whatever the like resin stuff that that is like super reduced oh, and, and i was dude. listening to, yeah yeah i was listening yeah i was listening to this guy talk about the process of making it and like how involved it was and like after 30 seconds i was like you know if we put one tenth the energy into like curing cancer <laughs> into figuring out how to fucking get high off weed man yeah. we would it would be like being shangri la or something didn't you you hear the news the weed is the cure to the cancer oh that's right i forgot and it stopped covid apparently (laughs) yeah i do remember seeing that you know i've never caught covid and i smoke a lot of weeds (laughs) <laughs> I got your vaccination right here. I mean, that's fucking science. <laughs> that's science. That's <laughs> yeah. That's I'm proof. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that it. I've, I've read that it. Uh, it prevents cancer cell growth in the lungs when you smoke it. Like in general, oh, which wow. is pretty amazing. I don't. You know. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, so don't take that as medical advice. Yeah. <laughs> take it as recreational advice. <laughs> it's it, it it makes you wonder what is the different what is the difference in the action between it and tobacco then and and then is it is tobacco just fucking you up because of the other additives that they're throwing into it versus what the actual although from what i understand the actual plant's still pretty damn harsh even if you get it really raw yeah i imagine it's the additives and chemicals and other shit so. it's probably that and the frequency Mm. like yeah. i imagine people that use the tobacco paste in like you know peru are like they're doing it in a ritual way but then like even native americans it's not they're not like smoking 20 smokes a day yeah. <laughs> that's true <laughs> they're not like man i just gotta go out of smoke though <laughs> i need more peace <laughs> right <have> peace right <laughs> now right the the reasoning behind it's totally it's like a um, like in the the one ayahuasca ceremony and the peyote ceremony that I went to, it was uh, we smoked it at a corn husk, like just giant stogie uh, towards the end of the ceremony, and it was like um, everybody passed it around and prayed, and it's supposed to you know you you carry the prayers on the wind that way, um, <clears throat> which I hope is not being appropriate. That then after that ceremony, it's like every time I smoke, I want to like. You know, like throw a little prayer out there. Yeah. 
but it just makes sense. I mean, I think that's kind of the same concept between like buying brain and sense in a lot of ways. I also heard that they would they would um, occasionally, I think it was mullen. They would smoke mullen between tobacco because it mullen supposedly has a healing qual- effect on the lungs, like a recovery effect. Um, yeah. yeah, and that shit grows on the side of the highway. It like heals <laughs> your lungs to smoke it, and people are like, "Cut that weed down." <laughs> it's a crazy plant. It's it it looks like an alien plant, and it's so it gets so fucking huge too. They're yeah taller than like i've seen them taller than like like probably 12 feet tall and it's like just a weed yeah and i I had never heard of them until i was up here and then like i I was like what the fuck is that today is the first time i've heard about it oh you never heard of oh uh you should look at it's it's a crazy plant it it um and it is a weed and it has it has all these medicinal qualities apparently like the the leaves are like kind of fuzzy and they'll they're they will heal rashes oh wow Um, and it's what uh, people used to use it for toilet paper because it was the leaves were really soft. <laughs> um, yeah, but then you, and then they would also, but the primary thing I heard is that it's supposed to be good for the lungs. So, and that's where I heard the whole, like you smoke it uh, to recover from like tobacco use. Hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's really weird. It's it super tall. It, it has this, um, it almost looks like, you know, like the, the, cattail that you see in swamps yeah it's almost like you take that and that little that little twinky looking part and you extend it for like four feet and cover it in little flowers it's the strangest wow. goddamn plant it's so weird yeah like a big furry hot dog yeah <laughs> <It's> <laughs> covered in flowers it's so serrated strange. serrated hot dog dot com <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, the cur- the cursed corn dog of the of the cattails swamp cattail. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone take a bite out of one of them? There, there's some footage I saw that it just <laughs> <laughs> expands the mouth. That's great. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, just because we haven't done this in a while, I'm going to say welcome to Soapbox, the only real soapbox, and nothing but the soapbox. And uh, we're here with with Grant Wemmick. Am I saying you're not saying Womack? Sorry. (laughs) No, I want to get it right. Um, And we've never talked before in person. This is nice to meet you uh, and actually get to hang out. Um, But we've been friends on Twitter for a little while here. And uh, yeah, we're talking about Mad God today, which uh, blew my damn mind. It actually was like, I felt the same way about this that I felt about, like we just talked about before we record uh, the first time we saw army of darkness and it was like how did i not know this existed sooner yeah um, and yeah. damn it was good it was like every single scene blew my mind um but uh but yeah i don't know i, I don't know where to start with it i feel unqualified to introduce it because i know this the guy yeah, that yeah, made it so much. yeah well you could you could say that it's it's has the aesthetic of of uh basically underneath a 40-year-old refrigerator. <laughs> it's like everything is just like gooey yeah. and icky and that's disgusting. <laughs> like and and that's that's because it's uh this is guy Phil Tippett who's a really famous um not just a stop motion animator but a special effects artist that's worked in Hollywood forever. Um, and famously, uh, I think, I think he did the Rancor and Return of the Jedi. 
he definitely did Ed 209 from Robocop. Just yeah, anything that was like at a he's just a really high level stop motion animator. And uh as evidenced by this crazy ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how how long was he working on this film? Like over a decade or something? That's what like? it says. Yeah. I, I really am curious about like and where did he do this? Like because some of the stuff he set up is like you must have had a warehouse to shoot this thing in or something. Yeah, I saw the pictures. It almost looked like his home or somebody's <laughs> home or something. I think it was just on location in that world. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he just accepted that he was a hoarder and he's like, well, I guess I'm going to make art out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like that guy that built the, the giant shrine out of tin in his room. Uh, yeah. Like oh, what is that guy's name? Yeah, the, the oh, shit. It's crazy, too. That's, is that in the, where is that at? Katie listens to this, he's going to be like yelling, like, it's this guy. It's Because he's talking <laughs> about it on like a couple of his shows before. And it was really cool. Uh, shoot. No, I don't know his name, but that, yeah, it reminds me of that. Like it could have been someone just in their apartment and they got like trapped from, they couldn't get to the, the front door anymore. So they just like, <laughs> the world. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I have a camera. What made you pick it, Grant? Uh, well, I did see it already. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, and, you know, we all kind of are on a similar wavelength. So I was like, you know what, mad God, let's let's go. Let's <laughs> so every time I get invited on a podcast, I just pick something I really enjoyed when they say, let's do a movie. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, I just I thought it stood out and I think it's very powerful. It's very fierce. Um and so different so it's unyielding so unyielding mm, perfect yeah. way to describe it i i got the sense at certain points like i felt like uh the way that the violence seemed um like there was no rhyme or reason to you, you know you kind of look for patterns yeah or, and then at some point you're like this is actually just a nightmare chaos kind of thing. but it takes a while to sink in and it at that point kind of felt I felt sort of like I did when I watched Super Jail. Oh yeah, so now, that. yeah. Because it's it just like these orgies of violence that kind of keep going, and one thing happens right after another. But it was in a slower pace and a totally different setting and everything. But it there was something about that where um, you almost transcend the madness after a little while. That, yeah, you know, it's that's that's an interesting parallel because Super Jail is not unlike that, where it's just this it's just this pure joy of animating shit. So everything there's like constant like movement and crazy stuff going on, but like Super Jail is like hilarious. This is not. This <laughs> is like oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, although it is like it's it is wondrous and it's like. And how grotesque it is um and it's and and like i don't know it just like like you're the guy's on this mission i guess and uh and then he and then he then he walks by like a chain of people in electric chairs and they're just 
electrocuting and shitting and then the shit are turned into people and then like the, and they're gross they're they look like hairballs it's like living hairballs that are just walking around and then it's like what is going on what is that <laughs> it's like john cage's rube goldberg machine <laughs> it's, it's insane and it's interesting it starts off like i guess basically with a tower of babel like at the very beginning I, yeah. I, I'm guessing that's what that's supposed to represent. That just it gets like smothered in dark clouds, and um, uh, and I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. It's also hard to like. Am I going to apply story logic to this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very touched on the like those religious themes and everything. I'm sure there's that's there, but yeah. Well, even like some of the characters, like I think, because some of them they call the alchemist, which I think is that really like, which which animated tumor person are we talking about? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, like the guy at the end, um, uh, man, just like really gross bloodshot eyes everywhere. He just loves. Oh bloodshot yeah, the bloodshot eyes. <laughs> um. <laughs> the thing, when, when they're in the surgery they just keep pulling out guts and throwing it on the floor and throwing it on the floor, <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> there, there was something really uh profound i'm not sure how to place it in but i feel like it was it, it like triggered some kind of metaphor in my mind but i don't really know how to place it on the world but it like every everybody that was doing things, they were doing them very intently and with full conviction. Like they believed they were doing what they were, their job was, but it was totally senseless and violent. And it was yeah. like they were oblivious to both the senselessness and the violence. And there's something about that that like, I don't know, kind of makes me think about how my phone was made by slave labor, uh, if that makes sense. Like there's like that um, where bumbling around not realizing that just our oh i'm just doing my job i'm just doing blah, blah, blah. it actually has these horrible consequences and we're just kind of numb to them i, I mean you yeah, could i don't know yeah. the point or that was the intent but it just got me in that way well it's kind of it's kind of funny you bring that up because there is this you know they're they're making those like giant bricks which like well, there's your fucking metaphor it's just like all these people endlessly creating these like um, which um, which come back at the end we're like oh this by the way this has probably got one of the coolest uh iterations of death i've ever seen with that the plague doctor guy that comes up and takes the like mutant tumor child or whatever the fuck <laughs> the screaming which I, I was like i is this is this is this them torturing him and reducing him to his like most base screaming child like level and then we're going to take that and, and make wondrous glitter out of it or something <laughs> <laughs> i was like they're they're making pry they're <laughs> these are loop crocs what's going on <laughs> yeah i could flat every time somebody would get squashed i'd be like <laughs> my wife would go like it's so bleak <laughs> <laughs> it's so bleak. You know, I did feel bad for some of those little worker creatures. You know, they'd accidentally stumble away from their posts and the machine would just Crush destroy them. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
but that's why I laugh is because I felt bad, you know, like that's the coping mechanism for me. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, it's just like this poor, I don't know you, I don't think they're very smart creatures. They're just, like you said, mindlessly doing their jobs. And it does remind me, like I was in the military for a time and people are so dedicated to their jobs and they never question, you know, any independence or autonomy or what am I doing this for? What, what impact am I having? You know, cause there'd be times I would question things like, why am I doing this today? Do we have to do this this way? Yeah. yeah and other people would say, well, that's the way it is. That's what we're supposed to do. So. Well, I'd be actually, I'd be curious. I, I, I was never, you know, I've never been in the military, but I had so many uncles and like my dad was in it and they would talk about like, sometimes they would just make you do stuff and they it was do. like it didn't it didn't need to be done but it was like they want to keep you busy and just like and i i don't know if that's just reinforcing uh the chain of command or something but like it was like yeah my, my dad was like we would we would sweep shit that's like there's no dirt here but you're gonna, no that's true when you yeah. they say you have time to lean you have time to clean to clean so yeah thing they'll make you just wipe a wall mindlessly for like an hour and you're just like <laughs> okay it's clean all right like <laughs> i would have people in restaurants when i worked at restaurants like throughout my 20s and shit that would say that shit to me like got time to lean you got time to clean i'm like what tables are eating right now like <laughs> like if i start cleaning i'm gonna focus on that they're gonna get done i'm gonna get, i'm not gonna get tipped because because right. people are like I'm like, I didn't join, I didn't join the armed services so that I could work at a fucking restaurant. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, get off my ass. <laughs> yeah, that shit's hard because it I have a real hard time with that. I'm so stubborn. Like anytime somebody makes me feel like I have to do something, it's like a oh hell no. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> and I, it's not great. Like it hasn't, it it didn't, it worked out in the end, but it was real rough for a long time. <laughs> The, yeah. the the worst the worst for me i don't know if if you guys feel the same way the worst for me is when i'm about to do it like i'm about to clean up and then someone's like oh could you clean up and it's like not anymore i can <laughs> yeah. yeah that does bother the hell out of me <laughs> like, if you just kept your mouth shut i would have done it yeah exactly did you did you kind of figure it out after a little while and just stop suggesting or, or questioning things out loud like did it, did it just kind of like oh this is going no i just have to play the game or or was it you learn everyone's playing a game no matter how high rank you are it's an elaborate game but i would know who to talk to even if they're high ranked where some people are more reasonable and i would say hey you know blah 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 they'd say oh okay other people i would know it's like talking to a brick wall or one of those machines and mad god so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just a tumor guy with a whip. Just yeah. <laughs> Bleeding from his ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, just spraying shit everywhere. <laughs> Clean this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got time, you got, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of took, um, I kind of felt like the end 
was this revelation to me like oh none of it was metaphor and this is just an alternate creation story that says fuck all religions this is how it really happened like <laughs> like it's just everything folds inside out and like rebooted or something uh, and like maybe this is the dark world that our world was born from Ooh, that got me you know i didn't think about that but i could see that see that i feel like you could have so many takes on that ending so i remember thinking about it for days like a week <laughs> straight trying to figure out like what what was his intent what what does that mean you know is this all pointless is life just chaos you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and how fucking successful is it that like yeah i'm still thinking about it you know like i was thinking about it today i'm just like that was <laughs> because it the guy's so the guy's so determined like the protagonist is so determined <clears throat> and he has these moments where even without a face you can feel so strongly what he's feeling um when he he like wants to help the one dude and he can't and then he's getting his ass rocked and he's like if he doesn't go down the hatch right now he's gonna get killed and he knows it and he goes and he has that hesitation he's like ah he shuts the hatch and that like man that hurt um and so you feel like there's going to be this like resolution to that and then and then like three quarters way through the movie they're just like no we're just gonna pull all <laughs> his insights out and take a screaming creature from him and like reboot the world or, or whatever the hell we're yeah. gonna try and we're gonna feed it to a black hole i think <laughs> yeah it's like it's like we're gonna we're gonna just reduce him to a screaming wound more or less but then there, then there's a weird like, they drill into his head, and then the head allows them to see, I guess heaven or whatever, <laughs> Hitler heaven, whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> whatever, yeah. <laughs> with a weird guy with a long fingernails and like. Hitler heaven would just be like an art gallery full of Hitler's paintings with <laughs> playing. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> Gold stars on everything. Simple. It's, it's a lot simpler than people think, I think. <laughs> Do you feel like this guy's mission was successful? Oh, damn. Man. Because <laughs> that's the question I've been thinking about for a long time. Was it even supposed to be, or like, I mean, who, who the fuck are the sky people? Like, <laughs> yeah, who sent him? That's and, a good question. Yeah, who sent this man on his suicide mission? You know what? I, you know what? I kept, I kept going like, where did they get this map? Yeah, oh, the map. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, who went down there and mapped this shit out? Shit out. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they show it being made, right? But I don't remember. They should, on the second one. So the, so that's what's interesting. There's like two guys. It's funny. I sh I really should have watched this again because like thinking back, I'm like, wait, I'm confused with like what's <laughs> what, when, when. But yeah, there's two guys that they send. And the second one, the map's made differently. It's like the Norns underneath the guy's table like makes it out of flesh or something. Yeah, and then and that's the second map. But the first one is like this paper one that disintegrates as he goes further down. I thought it was the same one. 
I, I do think it's a little different. Yeah. From what okay. I remember, maybe it's just like a magic process or like, uh, what's that thing they do in like the CIA and psyops where they, uh, can see in other rooms with their, uh, Oh, uh, remote viewing. Yeah. Maybe they have some sort of remote viewing, you know, <laughs> and they, they pick it up. Yeah. It's weird flesh things. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of thought the one that was being made might have been that, you know, like they're they're sensing it or something and giving him the map that way. But, uh, but yeah, I guess the first one did seem more crumbly. Like I remember the texture of it seemed more crumbly, and then it was. But I thought yeah, it was like just the lower half or something was different, or I don't know. I didn't uh, it wasn't a very high quality map. No. Remember, he kept stuffing it into his pocket and pulling it out, and I was like, "You got to take care of this map a little better." <laughs> yeah there was definitely like uh it would disintegrate as he would go deeper so it's like you're not coming back like i think i think as he would travel the path like the prior the prior part of the map that he covered would that's what would fall apart and disintegrate so i think there was definitely like this is a one-way trip um which it's also like it starts with I mean, how long does he descend? I mean, it keeps going and going and going and going. He descends for a long time, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's so cool, that sense of uh, scale and size and distance. And, like, uh, I just – you don't see that that often in general and in, in film at all, I think, where you actually follow something in, in mostly real time for a really long distance, and you get that – like, you're actually traveling – and you actually have this idea of how far you've gone down with him. And that is, uh, it provides a sense of adventure that, that can't happen if you're doing a lot of cuts away. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I become aware that we're recording, and then I just fucking don't have any thoughts in my head at all. <laughs> by like, maybe by episode fifty, that'll be all gone. It's like at twenty percent what it used to be. No, I think that's just uh, let's let's take that silent part and delete it. That's usually I feel like that's how everybody handles that. That's usually what people do. Yeah, yeah it's like I got like I gotta every sleep. podcast or some weird, you know, <laughs> silence or mistake or barking. <laughs> Yeah. maybe we should purposely like jump our uh, our language so that it feels like we're we don't cut but it feels like we're talking we, there was something went missing that could be cool yeah. like just potatoes and then when are we talking about <laughs> yeah just like <laughs> yeah that's I'm, I'm like what's that I was going to say, I'm just happy whoever Phil's friend is that told him to start working on the project again, told him, gave him that nice little nudge. I yeah, feel like so how did this happen? Yeah, do you, know, do you know about the history of it? Like, I did do a little, so I can't remember what decade he started it. It may have been the 80s or 90s. He started it. Like he had part of this filmed and done. But then he felt like it was 
people wouldn't like it. People wouldn't care about it. He felt like it was so weird and out there that it was kind of pointless, you know. Mm. And he also didn't know how to end it either, I guess. So he set it aside. I think he tinkered with it. And then he stopped working on it for like a decade, maybe even two decades. Then one of his friends in the industry said, hey, why don't you do this? He started a Kickstarter, got it funded, and then he got it done. And people love it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much Cliff Notes version, I believe, what happened. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was like crowdfunded too. That's yeah. That's yeah. a fun success story. Uh, when when you see like a piece of unforgettable art that was made in uh, through those means, rather than like a new tarot deck. Yeah, I think he has some pieces. Like he showed little clips of it too, and people said, "Hey, we we have to see this." So yeah, I know that th there was like a which is kind of crazy to think about there there was another thing that was like i think it was almost a, it was a teaser for the movie but it was it had that thing where it was like 3d like you could move the camera around as it's going around going on it like um so it would be like a vr experience and then oh, wow. uh, and then at the very end that uh the the meat cleaver thing with the big teeth comes <laughs> in and like rushes the camera um oh, that's crazy which is nuts to think about that they made that because that's not in the movie at all. So it's like this, like, I don't know how much effort. The, and it's also, I also wonder, so this makes me think of two things. A, since this, since the, the film, like, kind of torture is part of it. So it kind of makes sense that it would be tortured to birth it into the world. Like, it would be this great yeah. Herculean effort to make, to have this thing be made. But I also, I also wonder, like, how much, how much of this he had and how much he had to make. And, and it's funny because there is definitely like at the beginning, it definitely looks like, you know, things that he's worked, worked on with film. Like there's a certain, there's definitely quality in the, in the yeah. film stock and like how it looks. And then, um, so I'm wondering how much was there and then how yeah. much like he had to make after the fact. Um, yeah, that, that seemed completely indiscernible to me. Uh, I was like, yeah. I, I, all of it looks like it was made in the same week. And it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I almost feel like something I wanted to mention about that taking so much time and how things kind of come into the world at their own rate. And when they, when the right time comes, it's like, uh, like you can't, you can't rush or pressure the muses and you also can't make them wait uh, when they're ready. So it's like, I think it got postponed because we're in a time right now where everything is too polished. Like everyone edits the silences out of their podcasts and we will never do that. We will always leave the awkward <laughs> shit because like what it is to be human needs to be represented on the internet and in the world for real, rather than all these uh, like pared down versions uh, that are edited and, and polished. So like, the idea of a film, uh, like, no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Wait, wait. Now, now the world needs it. Now the world needs um, the ability to descend into utter just like grit and crime and uh, chaos and senselessness because it's it's catharsis from this sort of polished like 
world without sin bullshit that we're moving in, moving that there that a lot of people seem to want to move into. Um, I hope that makes some kind of sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I feel like even me this year, maybe the last couple of years, the movies and fiction and media in general I enjoy the most has grit and it's not polish. I've kind of been really irritated by polish, but like Mad God, um, last couple of days I just watched Terrifier 1 and 2, which are very like kind of like a throwback homage to those dirty slasher films back in the day. And it's not polished at all, which I absolutely love. So um, yeah, I get I haven't it. Even, I haven't even um, heard of these. What Are they just... So Terry, I guess a little side note. So Terrifier 1, I heard about um, this year because Terrifier 2 came out. It's basically slasher film with this clown called Art. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's very brutal. It's very intense. I heard people were throwing up in movies and shit. So I said, I've seen a lot of craziness. Let me dive into these waters. But mind you, number one is pretty insane. and But it's like beautiful with its grime and kind of like i don't know if you've seen any of lucio falsi's uh italian horror films oh yes 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 yeah so it kind of like the kills are kind of like that and the guy he does practical effects the director so it's like really bloody and gruesome but it's not cgi really Mm -hmm. um and there's some crazy scenes and then number two i watched last night it's just insane. Like I thought number one was pretty great. Number two, I was eating some food and I did get a little queasy while eating. And Jesus, I was like, right. normally doesn't happen to me. I've watched a lot of crazy shit. Um, but it has like a very grimy uh aesthetic to it, which really makes it work. And there's a big like you can tell the love for the genres there too. So but it feels like another one to those guys with like a unyielding vision so. I like to think of that as staff in fiction chic yeah. <laughs> that's crazy uh, to hear you say that it made you queasy when you're you, you like horror you know you like uh, yeah I've, wa- I've watched gory shit since my teens and I've seen like you know those lists of like most disturbing and most crazy and I was like oh wow I'd I did not, you know, I went in, I'm a seasoned veteran, (laughs) you know, nothing really affects me like that, but he, he really amped uh, up the ante in the second one. So it's insane. So if either you watch these movies, be prepared. Like, (laughs) what what gets you more? Is it the, uh, is it the actual like the way it looks and the sounds and, and the and the visceral part, or is it like the reactions of the people who are uh, being victimized, or like what part got you about it? I'm interested in like where the point of of like revulsion actually lies. I think it's like the victim who is being killed, the way they killed, like. It, and it wasn't just that, it's the buildup. Like 
the mm. other kills that happen before that already kind of gets you anxious and uncomfortable. So by the time you get to this kill, I saw, um, and the practical effects are so good. It's not really like just CGI. It's kind of like this guy, the director does a lot of these effects himself and he knows how to shoot them. So they're very effective where it's like, this is nasty. Like this mm. is gruesome. I can feel this a lot more as opposed to like CGI pixelated, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's just very well done, like very cohesive. So yeah, that's both then. It's just like he just did a banger job of like crafting it to immerse you fully. Yeah, yeah. W- w- do you suppose it's also like you actually, there's some actual uh, care or uh, you actually connect with the character? Like the character is actual, actually feels like a person? Because I could imagine that. Yeah, I would say... So some of the people who didn't like the first one, there wasn't like deep characterization in the first one. It was just kind of like these couple of girls on Halloween are getting drunk and high and murders happen. Mm-hmm. Shit, it's a night from hell. Second one, it kind of feels like the director said, hey, you guys fuck with this. I didn't know you fuck with this. I, I can do better than that. So he puts mm-hmm. characterization, a lot more depth, and he does make you connect with the characters in number two. So that does always help. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I'm always interested in that because it, uh, I think for me, it depends on how it's always like the way that violence is delivered. Um, yeah. Uh, it's because you can see something that's a little more cartoony and it's hilarious when somebody gets there, you know, dismembered or dismembered. Yeah. But like, I'm, you know, I would, I grew up on cartoons and like would freak out anytime I got an episode of Simpsons with Itchy and Scratchy because I just love <laughs> violence. But when it comes to like, I can't watch something where uh, like a, a woman who, who they've like intentionally grown you into like caring about as a character is then being, you know, just terrorized uh, before yeah. the violence, you know, like someone being killed fine uh, seeing the product of that of the murder or like the the violence is is different than it to me it's all about the trauma moment the like the the horror of the person's experience I guess um, but again and that depends on how much empathy I have for different kinds of people yeah, <laughs> yeah. some yeah. asshole dude can be terrified and it's just like <laughs> he pissed himself Right. You I feel like most people have that reaction where it's like, oh, okay, well, I wanted you to die anyway. So, yeah. so I feel like I completely derailed the Mad God talk into Terrifier talk. Oh, we, we just. No, there's no derailing. There okay. are no rails. <laughs> We're the most quick. Oh, there are no rails. Great. There are no rails. Yeah. It's. it's... <clears throat> Uh, this I think this show started as a tangent and has never come back to I don't know what we were talking about I don't even know what the show's about I, I forgot <laughs> I think it was about it was like pudding reviews or something I don't know <laughs> we were doing what were they do like a cell phone tech tech review box opening <laughs> we would be the worst at that <laughs> we were actually going to review soap that's <laughs> <laughs> it's an audio only unboxing channel like, 
art reviews, like <laughs> fine art reviews, <laughs> like discussing cases that you can't see. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's kind of the idea is just like, hey, hey, this person's cool and we'd like to talk to them. So uh, what's the thing that you like a lot so that it just opens up conversation? And, you yeah. know, they yeah. usually like we get sidetracked and then something happens where it, it naturally ties it back around. Uh, now that I said that, it definitely won't this time, but yeah <laughs> you know my my roommate yesterday i told her i was going on another podcast and she said she said are you a movie critic and I'm like, i've never thought of myself as a movie critic but i do hop on these podcasts like every other week and talk about movies so i, I guess you know, not roger and ebert you know <laughs> yeah well and speaking of uh Speaking of like timing and uh, why well, it was like a good time to hang out for the first time too, is because uh, as far as this anti anti reality, anti grit, anti explorations of darkness and things like that, um, the over polished world, you uh, you're out there fighting a the good fight, um, writing books that definitely uh, seem to transcend. Uh, those kinds of polished expectations um like even in the titles <laughs> like yeah I, I haven't yeah. read either of the new ones um uh grant has two books out this year probably some other stuff too other than his uh literally literary loud newsletter which is great um but god's leftovers and black gypsies yeah I don't know if you want to like talk about them a little bit. Uh, I haven't read either of them yet, but I'm I'm almost done with Light Bulbs Lament, and I'm fucking loving that. That's oh, I'm glad you like that one. That one's a little weird. Some you know people either hate it or love it. So <laughs> oh, it's my it's my kind of um, abs sort of surrealism. I, I like that a lot. Good, good. Thank you. Um, where do I begin? God's leftovers. Yeah. I mean, I'm very much been on the uh, anti-polished wave. <clears throat> so God's leftovers is the extreme horror. It's this uh, group of random people who get stranded in the Valley of Fire with this cult of hippie cannibals. Um, and it's very surreal. It's very weird. It's very violent. Um, but love it. And then Black Gypsies is completely different. It's my first crime thriller set in Chicago. Um, two jack boys, these two friends basically steal car parts to make money and they sell them to junkyards. They steal money from the wrong gangster in Chicago and it turns into, you know, shit hits the fan. So those are basically the two books, but they're both very like, grimy they're very, both very in your face i was a little worried putting them out uh particularly god's leftovers there's rape there's necrophilia there's so much violence um someone gets called a fag too uh i i was just like you know our women in the podcast end it no yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so you know um all these things i was like are people gonna hate this like you know but women let me tell you something women love god's leftovers they fucking love it you know and i i was so worried i was like 
are they gonna say i'm fucking chauvinistic or i'm objectifying women i'm this and that and same thing with black gypsies there's we've talked about agitator there's like four six page sex scene um that's rough sex um and uh i was so worried like people were gonna be like you're just objectifying this girl um but people thought it was spicy they like it (laughs) so and this was like i was telling you um this was around the time twitter was saying you know i don't like sex in books i don't like sex in fiction i'm asexual i'm ace blah 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 it's kind of like who are you to tell me i can't write sex in fiction like you're not the only person in the world you know like mm. people have sex as part of being human like i'm going to write about it so it's also yeah. interesting that there are um I don't know if these people know this. Other books in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just yeah. their taste and only their yeah. taste. It's only their <laughs> taste. Yeah. yeah. Do you have you ever heard of the because uh, there was a uh, there was a genre of book a bunch of different people got together. They came out in the eighties called Splatterpunk, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I don't I don't know all the details of it, but it's it's sort of fascinating because uh, I it's this feels like a return to that in a weird way. Like yeah, so I know a lot about Splatterpunk. I've met John Skip's probably one of the big ones there. He's written a lot of like uh, collaborative uh, Splatterpunk, and there's a lot of different guys who've done Splatterpunk in the '80s. But there are people who say they write extreme horror, they write Splatterpunk. I'll consider God's Life or Splatterpunk Extreme Horror. There's been a lot of arguments like, what's the difference between Splatterpunk and Extreme Horror? Some people say Splatterpunk has a little bit more depth or it may have more political leanings or has political mm. undertones. Like there's some deep okay. message like climate change or I don't know. Because there, there is one Splatterpunk book that's like, about the environment and the environment coming back and fucking you up. So, you know, is it from, is it from the eighties or is it a newer? Yeah. That's one of the older ones that John Skip wrote. I can't remember the, maybe it's called the bridge, maybe. Huh? Something like that. Yeah. But definitely one of John Skip's books uh, is the climate change one, but yeah, there is a bunch of guys like uh, Richard Christian Matheson. Um, which is Richard Matheson's son, the guy who wrote. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that movie Mega Man, but that's the that's the joke. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, the original. Uh, What's the one with Will fucking, Smith? The remake. Yeah. Oh God. I am Legend. Yeah. I, I am, am Legend. Legend. Yeah, yeah, I am Legend. Hell House. He wrote some Twilight Zone, but his son can really write his ass off too. His son writes these very gory, violent, like complete opposite of what his dad did. And it's also <laughs> very like sparse, lean, super lean language in his books too. So yeah, oh, there's a- seen, Is that like, uh, oh, what's this, what's this? Is it Charles Vox? Is that his name? Um... I only I wrote I read one book by this guy. Uh, he's a crime author, and it was like the prose was like shaved to the bone. 
and um it's like it's like v-a-c-h-s-s is his oh, last I name here talking about i haven't yeah. read oh but yeah there's a lot of in a crime fiction but yeah his his prose was just as lean as a lot of those guys and it was very surprising to me with horror fiction you know these mm. fat paragraphs and fat chapters so <laughs> but yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I the Mad God, de- my uh, Mad God definitely sort of. It kind of feels like it fits into that. Into it's like splatterpunk yeah. adjacent. I mean, yeah. it's definitely very, you know, out there and intense, you know, gory. Yeah, it's funny. It didn't um, as grotesque as it is. I, I never felt like queasy or anything about it. No. Even though it gets really gross, like really gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was surprisingly easy to watch all of it. Uh, like I didn't find myself cringing or anything because it's, I guess because it's stop motion and it it pads it so you can kind of take in what's happening. And it even looks kind of almost better than if you did it another way sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it still doesn't, uh, I know it hits different. Yeah, I feel like there's no other way. I, I don't think I would have loved it as much if it was just, I don't know, animated or yeah. something else. Yeah, there's something about the physicality of how it's made that like lends to its potency. Like, like the fact that those are all like real models and like objects that were animated like the 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 tangibility of it like i think yeah i don't think you could if it if it was like done like 2d it would not feel the same at all uh and also wouldn't um you probably couldn't convey like how achy <laughs> stuff is <laughs> by cuz like every like a lot of it feels like it's like stretched chicken skin or something it's just like really <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it, which is funny because there's like a history of, of like uh, the famously, I don't remember the name of it. There's a, there's a Russian animated film that's a retelling of the Pied Piper and it uses actual rats. Like they skin the rats and put uh, like an, like an actual, like, uh, like metal, metal skeleton in it so they can animate it. So it's like oh, all these like God. wooden, like, puppet characters but then it's real rats like running wow. around That's yeah crazy. uh i fucking cannot remember the name of it and there's a there's a history of doing stuff well actually uh this this movie isn't unlike jan Spankmeyer, who also would is a pretty gross and icky like famous he will he'll like animate like a cow's tongue we'll just throw it on a cat like in stop motion animate that and it's like jan Spankmeyer and then the the brothers quay these feel uh of a they're in a same similar they're cousins you know yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah young Spankmeyer, he he's he gets pretty gross it's like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna buy a a liver and i'm gonna animate it <laughs> slithering across the floor for dedicated <laughs> <laughs> instead of like building puppets you just spend 50 cents at the butcher for scraps yeah basically yeah in the budget smart <laughs> hey actually there's some meat on here we got lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I forget where he, I think he's from Czechoslovakia. There's a there's a weird there's a weird thing with like Eastern European stuff and just like being willing to be gross that I don't I don't know how to explain it. There's just a willingness to like there is a maybe cause, maybe because life is cheaper. Or I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like they're they tend to not be as uh, sanitized. Yeah, as most uh, most other other creative people. This is this is when you edit out and we jump into talking about potatoes again. Or are you just insert farts? Every silence is just really long farts. That's the other possible. I do love potatoes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never met a potato I didn't like. <laughs> I feel what you're saying about the the medium for sure. It's like uh, each and every scene was so captivating because so much was going on. There was so much detail. And all of it looked looked like it happened naturally. Didn't look like somebody put those together. It looked like all this stuff had been dripping down for years, centuries. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so you're so overwhelmed with stimuli and, and the lighting and shading and everything looks perfect because it's real, uh, which is where you would have get you would get lost with that much detail if you tried to do it any other way. Um, but when it's real, you just accept it. And so then it, yeah, I don't think that same vibe can be achieved any other way. Um, where it's just like ultra textured, ultra detailed and just uh, super atmospheric to the point where you can stare at the pause screen Every time it cuts, you can like pause it and just stare at it again for a while and just take in all the little pieces and imagine how they stuck it together and what the fuck they actually use to like get the shapes and the the textures they needed and then what kinds of slime they put on it to get it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's just so, so cool to, yeah. It's just so different than anything your eyes have set on before. And I feel like that happens like less and less as you age, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a treat. And there's also like this quality of like shooting through a pile of scrap. Like the even the environments they walk through, like parts of it look very like it like a jar of rusty nails. You know, yeah. like everything like things are just jutting like a thing. Um, I thought it was I thought it was funny. It, it, there was like a two second reprieve where where it's in that multicolored black light world for a second. And it's like oh, it's all know. charming and sweet, and then it's like, oh no, here's a fucking demon spider <laughs> thing to come and. <laughs> yeah, that got me too. <laughs> I was I knew it though immediately. I was like, oh, they're sweet. Oh, they're gonna get killed. <laughs> don't name it don't name it <laughs> how many um how many novels how many books do you have out at this point you've got I, have, I know you have four at least i have four yeah four and then 
I never know how to count. I do have a poetry collection that's supposed to be like a limited edition thing from like a micro press that's called Junkyard Exotic. Um, but I'm not sure how to feel about it because I wrote it when I was younger and some of it's like back when I was rapping. So some of it's like rap lyrics, some of it's traditional poetry, um, some of it's prose poems. So it's just kind of like a little like tapas or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really loving the, uh, the like rap to author pipeline that seems to happen a lot these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, Kelby was rapping for a period of time. Uh, J. David Osborne was rapping for a period of time too. Really? <laughs> yeah. There's some, you know, there are some verses from, that's cool this is but this is like way back in the day i think kelpie was rapping longer i was doing more and then there was a period of time i was rapping for a good amount of time um but i don't know if i'm gonna really i may drop an old project and that's it because you know my last shroom trip the trees were like right write your books (laughs) all this other stuff so so, okay Dude, dude okay okay when when trees are giving you like we want you to write books that's that's something special that's literally like our brothers are going to be killed and printed upon for the sake of your work and we're encouraging you to do it that's that's something else yeah that's that's how i felt i was like shit if you're if you're telling me of all creatures you know so maybe look at like books different and like the printed page because i was like there's so much information in these trees and so much they have to give us even on a blank page so i was like wow you know let me let me listen Mm. so that's amazing i think that's that's yeah that's a really cool um oh that's that's so awesome to think about trees as being like an ancestor practice behind books yeah that are like the keepers of because they kind of are the silent watchers and they they see everything that happens to us and they live hundreds of years and yeah. um, well and i mean they contain knowledge like you're saying already they contain all this information and knowledge within them but then to have more it makes sense that more goes on top of that because they're like yeah. information people or something well and, and then in some like like some people like think like uh certain early scripts are actually like come comes out of like the shapes of tree branches like how they intersect and connect like there's mm-hmm. um and i think they're originally the runes were inscribed on uh on wood it's sort of funny how that trend it transitioned to because it, it used to be uh like lambskin or whatever right that's that's what everything was originally written on and then we figured out how to do it on on uh out of trees and wood pulp trees of all things yeah <laughs> but i guess actually i guess papyrus is probably the oldest yeah, right papyrus, yeah. Yeah. i think china had paper first yeah but yeah I don't know well according to whatever but <laughs> 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 i don't know what's true <laughs> but uh nothing 
This yeah. is a history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about history and medicine. We uh, just make it up, though. That's that's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. I'm not editing this out. Which uh, where where was the forest? Where, what part of the country were you in? So I'm in LA right now. So usually when I do shrooms, I try to go out in nature. Um, not every time, but yeah, I would go out to a trail. Um, and we took the shrooms before we got on the trail. And, you know, you become more lethargic and things become heavy. So we had to find somewhere to post up quick because it was kicking in. Uh, but everything, there was no area, but I spotted this, uh, there was this little clearing of trees amongst like lavender and there was nothing else like it. And it was kind of hidden from view and it, all the leaves were kind of like sitting on the ground and there were a bunch of these like ancient looking trees in a circle. And I said, this is, this is the spot. This is where we need to be. So, and that's Mm. where the trees or just talking nonstop. So, do you know? Do you remember what kind of trees they were? Uh, they were like I don't remember what kind. Like they were normal, like common trees. They weren't well, anything special. Like they are special, but not like um, anything crazy. I don't know if they're oak trees, but something like that. Just normal trees, and some of the trees were posing. I remember, like, look at me. There's this tree, like, I'm so beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, you are beautiful. You're right. You're right. I never noticed this, you know. But it was like a bare tree, you know, that ordinarily you would think, like, oh, you know, all your damn leaves fell off of you. But no, they were talking to me. So. <laughs> doing the poses taking in that yeah, attention. they were posing they're like look at me you know? <laughs> everybody likes to be seen by the right you know by the right yeah, that, that one tree was a little sassy <laughs> i never forget i was like wow i never knew a tree could be sassy so. that's oh that's beautiful yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love those experiences so much that's like I think those little nuances and just like allowing them to be real to you and, and yeah. accepting it is some of the most important uh, things there are in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this, uh, there's this guy who's like a, um, he has he he's really into teaching like natural movement and like he does a lot of like crawling and like swinging from trees and stuff like that yeah one of the exercises he has people do is he's like uh you study a tree and then you try to make a facial expression based on the shape of the tree (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool (laughs) interesting Uh, that sounds challenging yeah (laughs) So I think what I was trying to say is that we've we've talked about this a couple times, and uh, I know like on Rune Soup, you just did an episode with uh, 
what's his face? Uh, synchronistic uh, guy. I can't remember. I can never remember his name when I need to. But um. Oh, Chris Knowles. Yeah, Chris Knowles. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Chris Knowles. I'll follow him. On like, and and this has come up a lot in in other conversations and stuff too. It's like it comes up so much that it has to be true, that like the imagination, the world of the imaginal is is essentially like under attack at this current point in, in the timeline. And that that's showing up in ways like we're talking like with over like censorship with um, a failure to imagine in general and over polished stuff, things being banned and um, canceled and the limitation of like what ideas can be expressed and explored that all like and I think I think it's great that they brought this up because I thought of it with Lord of the Rings, but I didn't think of it with the other examples they talk about on, on Gordon's show um, about how like the the new the Rings of Power show like just being bad right by all accounts it's trash I haven't watched it but that's what I everyone has like Kurt loves a podcast that's about them just trash talking that show oh yeah these these nerds <laughs> they fucking they go deep in hating it um. And so, but it's like, uh, you know, Dr. Rebecca Tarnas has, uh, Dr. Rebecca Tarnas has done like this, all this research on, like she did her, I think her PhD, I think it was, on um, like the correlations between Jung and uh, how Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings and how he basically like journeyed there in the imaginal and just kind of transcribed what he saw and pieced it together over time. And how yeah. it's like a, it's like a real place that he would go to in his mind and just learn what happened and tell us. And so if that's like a real place, a place of refuge, then like them taking that and bastardizing it and making it something different, it's like closing the door to that world or trying to. Um, and so with all this which is always in my mind, right? That's part of why, like, I heard, I heard Agitator and I was like, these guys are actually, like, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, the fact that they're uh, holding their ground, they've chosen that hill, you know, to, to stand on, to fight on. And, like, um, and, like, you're doing the same thing. And I think that that's really important to, to put into context when, when you're saying, like, the trees are telling you, like, like use our flesh to tell your stories. Yeah. That tells you that the, like you're in this positive resistance current um, of trying to like write the narrative and allow narratives to unfold the way they need to allow the imagination to express itself the way you, it needs to. And just, just by doing what it is that you feel compelled to do and doing it um, unapologetically, that's uh, like a, like a stronghold in the world you know like that's that really is important work <clears throat> and I think it's it's cool it's cool to me because I had a period of time in my life that that a lot of listening to like agitated listen listening to uh David and Kelby like helped pull me out of the um the like agreeing with other people because you feel pressured into it that your own imagination and the things that you love are just like childish shit or aren't worth your time or aren't uh you know respectable or whatever um and then like healing that you start to realize like oh this is actually your spirituality like yeah 
yeah like your connection to the divine is through these things that you just your heart pulls you towards it's that magnet inside that you, you can't it, it never lies you're always pulled towards like what you need even if it's a hard lesson yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah they're doing great things and i agree with you i do feel like there's an attack on the imagination there's an attack on art and just kind of like freedom to express yourself i hate seeing people being deplatformed on these apps and you know but yeah i mean i talk to kelby and david every day uh we have like a little group chat with a few other guys to David Simmons and Eddie Rathke, um, which is even more insane than agitator it is. It's kind of like a super unfiltered and we encourage each other to do batshit crazy things in our fiction and art in general. It's like, do it, why not do it? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's great. I mean, that's, it's really important to have um uh there's always a i think there's a lot of um assumption that when you're when you do any sort of creative work you're going alone but so often it's there's usually a support structure there's friends yeah i personally needed it like i took us almost like a seven-year hiatus for various reasons to, there were certain people who were kind of against me putting out books and I was kind of listening to them foolishly. But uh, Kelby, he was kind of like really in my ear, like do it, put these books out, you know? And I had a lot of talks with him in particular about like certain scenes and certain things and, you know, just, being bold and doing what I want to do even like I'm not gonna ruin it but the ending of God's Leftovers is not a traditional ending and at all and there's a few people who were upset like they still love the book but they're like that's this isn't the ending I expected or this ending doesn't align with what I think should have happened and it's kind of like well who are you to say this ending whatever traditional ending you think should happen, happen. It's not, you know, <laughs> that's not the way it is. So it's like, if I, if I want to end this in a baking contest, I'm going to end it in a baking contest. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> sorry. What were you going to say, Brian? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm sure it wasn't important. I'm really thinking about baking contest ending like that. That could be a cool ending. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, well, especially for cannabis. It would be pretty cool. (laughs) No one would see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, like, what you you say to those people is like, oh, well, you should have written it first. Yeah. (laughs) sorry oh it's so strange reading reviews some people are like i I would definitely read a prequel or sequel but i don't like the way this ended you know like okay well that's a success if you liked it and you want to read another book in this universe (laughs) in other words you love 97 percent of my book yeah like everything but you want to 
you want to you want to just reach out to let me know about that three percent thanks bro yeah thanks <laughs> thanks um i yeah i don't know how much time you have i don't want to take too much where are you at you good i'm pretty good here for now in general yeah okay it's um you know it makes sense to me that you were talking about like rap to book because like that is such a it's so focused on language and the like the sound of language and how words connect to each other. And like, it kind of, that totally makes sense to me that you would, you would take yeah. that and like, that would turn into like novels and books. Um, yeah. Prose it's right there. It's kind of like, obviously you want to think about cadence and rhythm and flow. And a lot of people have pointed out with black gypsies that I have, it flows very well. So, and that was very important to me. I wanted it to just flow just be able to read it easily and not like you know you have to come back to it a hundred times and just to read a crime thriller of all. <laughs> oh. but yeah i think that could serve uh really well like just in general that having already having the mind for the rhythm of and the cadence of, of language and, and and just the the, the pure aesthetic of, of sound like how it how it comes out in your mind as you're reading it and, yeah. Um, yeah like anybody who has a rap background like just gets it so yeah um, it doesn't mean they can like write the narrative but it they get that part so then if you can write a narrative too it's going to be fucking enjoyable it's going to flow yeah yeah that's a really cool it's a really cool transition I mean, that, that, that actually opens up like a whole, uh, cause like rap is probably as far as like poetry goes, that's worth 99% of people. That's their, that's poetry. That's what they're exposed to. Yeah. As far as that. And it, it's funny because poetry went through this thing where they got rid of rhyming for some reason. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, well, now it's going to become its own fucking musical genre. So fuck you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get too cool for rhyming and rhyming gets too cool for you. Yeah, it's it, well, it's weird because like I like I have people I know who are older. They have like whole poems memorized, and I'm like, I what? I don't. <laughs> it's like an who episode, does that? It's like an what? episode of Frasier. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. I can't really. I'd have to. I think last time, way back when I was taking English courses in college, you know, you'd have to remember a sonnet from Shakespeare or something yeah. like that or entire verse, but it's out my head completely. Yeah. Wait, it's, uh, it, I, I, you know, it makes me wonder if like the, like in the era of like Homer, if that, that world must've been closer to in some ways to like what rap battles are and stuff, because, because also that's how you memorize things. Nothing was written down. So you would like Springfield. To, yeah oh different homer oh no they're the same <laughs> okay that, yeah <laughs> that's totally the same um no just there's there's uh like very little was written down so it was all about language and and they would have to memorize giant long verses and everything and i would imagine like that that quality of the sound of the words is that's what's going to that's when I that's what that's what's gonna help you 
remember all this stuff and contain it and clear because it's i don't know when things are rhyming it's easier to remember the pieces and put them together yeah because you, you remember the musicality of it i don't know where i was talking about but that fucking potatoes <laughs> yeah that's i mean when i was writing music a lot it was like i i would i would rhyme things most of the time but i would try to like rhyme them a little off and that would actually actually help me remember so they're not quite like um and so kind of like you're like eh, like a little bit grading as you're listening but then like over time it hopefully sinks in mm -hmm. um, and then or purposely making things like setting someone up for a rhyme and then just not because uh, there's that like jarring sort of but just i really enjoyed playing with all of that uh i always find it fascinating how people move from one medium or something to another and how the the strengths translate like because going from writing like indie music to like uh writing prayers and crafting rituals it's it's really interesting how much of it is the same shit um yeah the only difference is people actually pay attention now whereas before they were usually just drunk and dancing and like they would sing along but they weren't listening to what the words were they were just like chanting the chorus and like dancing yeah um, yeah like we would have we would have packed shows in our hometown we would have like 100 sometimes 200 people at our shows which, which was great but i was like crafting these like painstakingly going over these lyrics and getting everything perfect and exactly saying how i want it and i want people to like sit with it like it's poetry but i'm like no one gives a fuck about poetry so i have to learn to make music to carry this um <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh and then they you know they gave a fuck about the music more than the words so <laughs> it's like it's it's funny it's it's the same tactics of of like um like even with spirit work you're like in the narrative of a prayer you're kind of like you're actually doing those things in the imaginal like as you're saying it you're like if you go with it and travel to that as as if you're it's a story then like you're actually kind of moving those spirits around and um the more you know focus you have the better but but it's a very similar thing to trying to lead the audience right it's like trying to or putting together a set list and you're like i want this song come after this song because of the way that these vibes flow and yeah 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 it does it definitely does help because i do remember those days where i'd try so hard to write these lyrics and then you perform it and people are just drunk and they're just like not in their head but you know they're not really paying attention like that but they're enjoying it and then uh but it has helped with like writing books definitely like sequencing an album or sequencing a set list same thing with like my chapters I'll try to sequence it a certain way and I'm like you know, and honestly, it feels for me, it feels easier to sequence a book than an album or a set list because I'd overthink it with the set list of like, I know this would be a great opener, this would be a great closer, the vibe may shift and transition this way, but you never know with the crowd how they're going to respond no matter what, you know, but right yeah it's funny it's the exact opposite for me like i oh really <laughs> the set list i'm just like ah oh, this vibe this vibe this vibe and fuck it let's go 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and then just like put the anxious energy into playing. Um, but, yeah. But with a book, I, I with well, I finished a book, so I don't have a book yet. <laughs> but with, yeah. with writing, it's like uh, I don't know. I'm trying to like imagine how it's going to land, but but then there's just this big vast empty space of there are every kinds of person and every kind of mind. So I don't know how to even like begin trying to, and, and I don't know how to just give up. So I get, I get like tra- tripped up on that, but, but that's a lot. ticket is just kind of going like, like, fuck it. No one's ever going to read it. Do I like, yeah. it? you know? Yeah. I feel like the more you build your, mu- I always think of all this stuff like muscles, the more you write, the more you get a good idea of what you're doing, similar to with like instruments and like music. Um, but also a good parameter for me, which I guess I have a uh, little bit of a privilege of having is like, once you put a book out, you could kind of see people's reviews. So when I put out my first two books, people were like, oh, I really love this. I really love that. But your dialogue needs more work or this needs more work. And I would go back and try to be objectively like, do I agree? Do I not agree? But I did kind of in some ways i was like characterization needs to be better dialogue needs to be better but they fuck with xyz so over time especially now that i know they like god's leftovers and black gypsies i'm kind of like okay i accomplished what i wanted to accomplish but i could do more now with these other books now that i know people you know this worked you know but you don't know that when you're writing like your first book or even your second book, it's kind of like you're shooting into the dark and mm. you hope people mess with it. So that's really cool to see how uh how it's like each one that comes out, you you take some things and you're like, oh, these these things worked, and then you can like rework them the next time, but add in the 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 yeah. old tried and true stuff, and then maybe tweak a few other things. And it's like it's a very vague sort of formula where where it's it's like Jeet Kune Do and it's like being yeah. in flow, you know. Well, it's yeah. the, there's the the other aspect is like you there's a certain there's a certain level of understanding. It's like I can't fully control this. Like, yeah. Like there's there's people that are gonna read stuff into this that like I do not intend to happen, but that's they're just gonna read it into it no matter what. Um often surprisingly so i remember i i did this like comic for tour.com ages ago and like they had live comment sections and i would read through the comic sections and they were like look how this girl was planning to she was setting this dude up to then later on and i'm like what no what that character had nothing <laughs> to do with what okay i mean i it's not wrong but that was not at all what i intended in it and like it's just <laughs> like little dandelions they just grow up in the cracks like you can't stop it yeah. it's a uh i do i do think that's beautiful i do love when people do these deep dives into fiction and even with my own work i'll be like i didn't see that but yeah yeah that, yeah that may, that's fair yeah yeah and sometimes they'll point out themes that I weren't, I wasn't even aware of, you know, but sometimes I remember in college or even high school reading classics and books like that. And we would do these deep dives and I would sit there like, I don't know if every author <laughs> has this deep of a thought, this 
yeah candle in the window it was blue so it represents tranquility and i'm like maybe you know maybe they just threw something there they didn't have time they they kept it moving you know if if somebody did that to me i'd probably just be like uh, that's I can't believe you noticed. Oh my god! Yeah. That's, thank you so much for noticing that I am. Oh yeah, no, that's like ninety percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, you're right. I'm a genius. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't even have to like parrot it. You you can just be like you can just like smile and look knowing <laughs> and just kind of slowly nod. Yeah, give him a wink. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Very clever of you to pick up on that. Not many people do. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let them craft their own reality right there in front of you. Just I mean, I, I uh, that was a lesson I learned. I learned about being about being humorous. It's like, oh, I'm actually a moron. But if I just shut the fuck up, people will think I did this on purpose and think it's funny. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Yeah, you know that's that's what uh, I'm sure you've heard Kelby and David talk about just being an idiot and being a retard. and something magical will happen (laughs) it's worse gumping the whole way yeah yeah (laughs) it's really hard for me to 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 let go enough to to do because uh like i i'm this is the least obnoxious i've ever been and i'm like i'm still pretty obnoxious when i'm not being recorded like I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, super ADD and loud and fucking, I say inappropriate things. And if like, ever since I was little, I'd like notice, notice a sore spot with someone and then make jokes about it. Like with, I couldn't help it. <laughs> it could just be like this, like, oh, I, I see it though. Yeah. And then, and if then it hurt their feelings, that would be like, I apologize and we'd be better friends. And like, <laughs> it's just fucked up though. And so I, to, to function and to be like to have people in my life I feel like I have to have like some kind of rein that in uh but it it's like I want to I want the I want to let the creative side go but let the expressive side have have boundaries you know yeah I think that's the trick is I just don't have boundaries (laughs) (laughs) works but I, I do see that like I have a certain intensity and passion on a day-to-day, even though I'm very like chill and calm and composed. And I know certain people I can't, I can't just let it flow because they may get overwhelmed or they'd be like, what is happening? This is mm-hmm. too much, you know, but whatever. You mean as far as like uh, emotions or some stuff like that? Or- yeah, just express like, Cause you know, I'm very like spiritual. I'm very like magical and things like that. So when I talk to certain people, they may start opening up and telling me about life. And then I may start guiding them a certain way mm. and it turns into a whole thing. And I know, I know there's certain people I can do it with and certain people I can't do it with where they may get triggered and they may get upset like not me trying to heal them or anything but just having a talk you know I could get very passionate and uh in a certain way and there's a quiet intensity I'll bring so you know yeah yeah Yeah, it's really uh 
it's really hard to know like how much of yourself is like allowed at any given time I think yeah um because when you're really in touch with yourself and you're you're someone who is a spiritual person like there's you realize like you're a lot bigger you know how how vast you are compared to what anyone ever sees and yeah there's like this kaleidoscope running and whatever's being projected at any given time is just this tiny, tiny fraction. And, uh, and to feel truly free means, and like free, free to express is, it requires a huge amount of trust and like really knowing someone um, that they're, they'll, they'll go there, that they'll be as weird as you will, or um, that they at least find it enriching. <laughs> yeah, you, you put it into words perfectly, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really hard um it's it's what, like like I, I feel like i could do that with a lot of people but then like adding to that recording it and knowing that like all these other people are going to hear it that's an obstacle you know it's like it's it's a weird thing but that's part of the medicine in, in doing it i guess yeah and the fact that this will this will this will never go away ever well, and, and nobody listens to it. That <laughs> you know, you all of a sudden get a crazy following in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the content of, of this, uh, of this show, it's going to be, I think it's going to happen. Like for one week, we, we go down to like five, five listeners and then it jumps <laughs> back up to 300. Like, <laughs> It's like, oh, we just, you're all new. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't wait until in, in the future where I'm, uh, I, I uh, reach my final form of the new Mr. Rogers. And then everybody goes back and discovers this podcast and destroys my life. It'd be really exciting. It's like tr just trying to get canceled once every day so that it's never that big of a fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A cancel a day to keeps the Twitter away or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be um I don't know. It'll be it, I, this I, I feel like that that's definitely I feel like it's reached its its peak. I don't know that it's gonna I think they're gonna try to hold on, but I don't I think the tide's shifting on that. Cancel culture. Yeah, all of that stuff. I think. Yeah, I feel like it's they're trying. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to give one big push with like deplatforming people, but even that, I feel like there's so much pushback now where it's like, okay, yeah, chill out. It's but, like the great Ian Malcolm once said, "Life will find a way." <laughs> yeah, that includes yeah comic books and gratuitous violence and sometimes a rape scene like yeah well i think i often think the resistance to that stuff but like makes it uh more extreme generally <laughs> yeah uh, no that's you, rough like yeah yeah if there's a resistance to like don't do this they're gonna do it even harder yeah it's just like putting big uh, arrows towards it like exclamation yeah. points. Yeah. Fuck the police. Like that shit. Boom. Would that album have been that? Like, I mean, it would have been a household thing. 
right? No one, it wouldn't have been like every white person knew about this album <laughs> if they hadn't said fuck the police, I don't think, right? What album are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, isn't that Peter, Paul, and Mary? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fifth beetle wrote it and he disappeared. <laughs> it's the mandala effect. <laughs> it would be crazy if aliens came down and civilization was just in ruins and they found this podcast. And they're like, oh, the Beatles wrote Fuck the Police. <laughs> they're like that i don't think that one was on that that golden record we have back at home (laughs) we can't find it on streaming platforms well like the golden record they sent out into space with like the class yeah (laughs) just like like man they kept all the good shit and they sent us like math problems (laughs) (laughs) they showed up was like well here's the answer that's what you wanted right the solution to these problems my my hope would be that they would only they would only have the audio for fuck the police and they would only have the visuals for the beatles so they would have to like mesh those two together somehow so oh sergeant peppers and fuck yeah. Be great. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so do you, uh, what do you think how do you feel about aliens do you think they're aliens or do you think they're like uh like physical aliens or do you think that they're like more like spirits or both so i think about this a lot i do believe in ufos do believe in aliens i've seen some ufos in la Mm. um i think about this a lot i'm kind of like are there physical i've i'm kind of in the camp that there's some sort of like multi-dimensional aliens that maybe made up of a different matter or like texture than humans per se um david ike and the reptilians i don't know i feel like for that to exist it would have to be more like spirits and possession which i feel like is possible mm-hmm. you know um but yeah i do believe in aliens for sure yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah could, uh what were the were they experiences like in LA? Like, uh, were they like quick, daytime, nighttime? It was nighttime. I was on a balcony, so usually I go out on a balcony and just sit, smoke some weed, and kind of like look at the stars in uh, North Hollywood. Um, and there was like this string of lights. I don't know how to explain it. The string of lights. And they were like moving in a pattern, um, but it wasn't like light. You could see there were like objects um, and it looked like a vehicle. Um, and it was moving a certain way. Then it dipped out and zoomed out of the area. Um, so it was, ho- it was hovering of, and then- Yeah, it was sort of like hovering in an area, sort of area and some other people um at the time she saw it too um and uh yeah it was just very strange weird you know yeah um, i've seen ufos la in general has this weird like 
blit like there's so much weird occult shit and, yeah yeah like yeah i think about like hollywood holly the herb and magic wands were made out of holly like mm. you know um so there is a weird energy out here but i love la so have you seen uh the like or Trace like the um netflix anime one what was that what is that called yes yeah, spell it t-r-e-s-e tracer huh no i haven't seen it i mean i watch anime but i haven't seen that one no <laughs> it's it's unfortunately like i think six thir- 20 minute episodes and i don't know oh, it's so but um but it's really good and it's it has uh i think it's actually set in la but it's a big city that reminded me of la if it's not like I think well, I'm gonna check it out. I like my only beef with anime. I don't like 900 episodes of something. Like, give so me like a Dragon Ball for you. A couple seasons. Give me a fully coolie, you know. And let's end this. Give me a Wolf's Reign, you know. Get it. Um, get it done and and short and sweet. And- yeah, because I try. I tried to stick with Dragon Ball Z. I tried to stick with Naruto. I tried to stick with One Piece, you know. Yeah, but... I can't do any of those either, honestly. I, I mean, I love, I love Dragon Ball. I can, I can do Dragon Ball because it's just what I started on. But uh, yeah, yeah. But like none, I can't do the other two. And I'm, I'm just real finicky. I'm more like, I like the ones that are more like uh, pieces of art than than a show. Yeah. Um, but but this one's cool. It's 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 definitely more like a show, but it's it's fucking cool and it's got it's got like um sort of like spirit wars going on behind the scenes and it's about like a witch detective. Oh. Um sort of thing. It's really cool. I'll check it out. It just reminded me of that talking about LA being um if that show has that vibe of like a really haunted city. And it's yeah. Cool. yeah. And uh, I think there's like some city spirit stuff in there too. Like the actual spirit of the city shows up in the show, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I've seen, I saw, uh, I've had a couple, aside from like my fucking abduction dreams when I was a kid, which I never remembered anything that happened after. It was just like these foggy states where something would grab my ankle and pull me out of my bed and out the, out the door. Yeah. Uh, that And that was awful. Like I, I was terrified for years of that thing. Like I couldn't sleep right. Uh, but like the stuff I've seen one time I saw one like climbing out my window on my birthday when I was like 11 whatever year I got a a Super Nintendo and uh or something like that and um and that one was I I feel like that was something that was man-made because it had just regular white lights on it and it was like really big and round yeah and it just kind of like floated at the same speed by it didn't move funny or anything like it was just this big thing that was silent and it moved kind of like a blimp would but fast uh and but then the the ones that are weird that that uh out in ohio where my family live they they show up a lot like i've looked on the like once i noticed that they happen here and there I started looking up the instances of people reporting them and they all report like the same exact features oh, and wow. it, they come all over that area you know, in Southwestern Ohio or Southeastern Ohio. Um, nope. Southwestern. Um, <laughs> and, um, and they're like the, the orange, they're, they're orange orbs. 
and it, it almost looks like they're they're turning and they have like almost uh the way you see in like a 70s music video the way the lights have all the the points coming off of it because of the lens yeah. it's like that kind of um and they almost are like turning um or gyrating or bubbling or something well you see these during the day too or is it only no no only at night um and the last time that i they were usually just like two like one one to three of them at a time it would be like one or three um and then they would just kind of flicker usually out of existence after a little while like right when you start to kind of be like hang on this this doesn't make sense this isn't and then they just be like gone um but the time that really blew my mind was maybe two years ago. I was home visiting family and I was having a video call with my wife on my laptop out on the porch. And like off in the distance, one appears just like boop. And it's one of those orange guys. And I could feel it um, inside. Like I could feel it in, in a spiritual way, like the way that you'd feel if you were conjuring asking a spirit to show up and they show up in the room it was like that thing is conscious it's not it's not like a vehicle it's it's a person of some kind uh yeah and it's it knows that i see it right now like i knew both of those two things were were a fact at that moment and then it's slowly moving to the left and then another one appears in the same spot that it did as if there was some invisible curtain that they were coming out from behind and so in this little like procession they keep moving at the same speed. And then a third one, all with the equal distance in between. And they're like a little bit of different heights. And they did it again. And it ended up being like nine of them, I think. Oh, wow. And I was just like speechless. Like I just turned the, the computer around and I was like, are you fucking seeing this? And she could see it. Like she could actually see them. She was like, what, what the fuck is that happening? What? And I was like, I don't know. That's, <laughs> but they they know that I'm looking at them. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that I don't know what that's about, but it almost felt like more more like some kind of old spirits that like, or like spirits that come and go or something. Or or I think yeah. of like stories of the Watchers. Or um, I think those are probably pretty good contenders for those kinds of things. Yeah, we got way off on the alien talk. I hope that's all right. Big girl on a tangent, tangent. Did your wife like Mad God? Yeah, she she loved it. She said it was incredible. Um, wow. And again, she, she just kept saying it's so bleak. <laughs> uh, it's so bleak and it's so good over and over. Awesome. It is pretty bleak. She's very, um, it's funny, she's, she's very like, I joke that she's like a princess in, in, in like an actual royalty kind of way. Like she's very proper in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. And uh, so she's took it, took it very like to heart. Like she's very sincere about the way she takes things in. Um, so they kind of like hit her hard, um, but she's also a trooper and then she can take it. Uh, which yeah. is, yeah, I, I, I can't really get her into anime, which is, it kind of, it, it kind of hurts kind of hurts she's she's willing to she's like well i definitely want to watch the rest of evangelion because we're we'll watching that but uh but yeah she she loved mad god um i'm trying to think like i know there's some other 
There's stuff like it that she's turned me on to that I can't think of. Right now. Uh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Why, why do I imagine like her her reactions to write a letter? I don't know to who. <laughs> to write a letter. Just to seal some... it. Seal it with wax. <laughs> the director. <laughs> I could totally see her doing that, but like only to herself for later. To her yeah. feelings to like. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm over here all like bashful. <laughs> I'm thinking of a letter I'm gonna write. <laughs> and sign it. Sign it like my wife's name. <laughs> I'm gonna sign it with like a splatter of hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> That's appropriate. That does sound appropriate. <laughs> I feel like you write it back. Hey, I really appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> Not what you said. Really that was trash. Guess <laughs> <laughs> how do we wrap up these episodes? Yeah, that's um. I was uh, gonna say that next. We we hand it to a floating plague doctor to go and. That's perfect. We need. We that. actually. Doctors. We we usually just let the guests um, will to continue run out. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a very elaborate vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about testing and strengthening their personal boundaries. They need to learn to speak up when they've had enough, and it's not our fault if they have how to do that for themselves. Five hours later. <laughs> no, yeah, if someone's, that'd be hilarious. If someone's too polite to say anything, it's like, well, this is what happens and you need to learn. So we're just going to keep talking. <laughs> and then and then Brian and I both leave and they're still here. <laughs> what are it's they two talking? hours of them. Should, should I go? Should I? They're not here. Should I go? Should I go to bed? I'm tired. Should I go to bed? They go to bed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just live stream our naps. Kurt uh, packing to move. Just <laughs> no. There's people on TikTok who go live and they just sleep, and you mate to them, I guess, for whatever reason. I don't what know. What the fuck? Yeah, I stumbled into this a few days ago. I was like, so I guess it's like a pretty girl sleeping, and I'm like. This is not entertaining. I don't care. Yeah. No. God, perhaps, perhaps. But there's a large amount of people that tune watching, into it. Watching this girl sleep. Yeah. What the? And fuck? I guess they donate to watch her sleep. We're ruined. Yeah. <laughs> How sad are these people? That's what I thought. I was like, this is the crazy part of the internet. I don't want to be. <laughs> You know, privy to but <laughs> no, like I'd rather be on like somewhere gross than yeah. Like, uh, why is this a thing? What are you guys doing with your life? You know, uh, at least they're not like at her window. Maybe that's preventing that's them true. from staring yeah. into her actual window while she sleeps okay. at night. 
but, uh, I can I can already see the Law and Order SVU episode <laughs> generated. <out of> this. <laughs> <Gum-gum>. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That good. I'd watch that. <laughs> well, um, I love the stupidity of that show. It just it'll take anything and just turn it, it into their own dumb. <laughs> I love the super cuts of all the catchphrases. That's that's good. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, we should probably. What's that? Nothing. I was saying. Okay. I thought just, someone. Was... We we can't leave. You're not allowed to leave. Whatever you're about to do, <laughs> shut up. We're still going, man. <laughs> yeah, we can. We gotta wrap it up. Uh, I don't want to take all day, but um, yeah. Thanks so much for coming, man. It's been a blast actually getting to hang out and talk to you finally. Problem. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. And um, for everybody listening, um, if you're still listening, like you should try. <laughs> You should definitely, if you're still here, you need to go buy God's Leftovers and Black Gypsies. God's Leftovers, Black Gypsies, they're bangers. Yeah. Um, and subscribe to my newsletter, literaryloud.substack.com. Yeah, do that. I talk about weed, shroom trips, writing, a um, bunch of different topics, you know, movies, so it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and you can find Grant on Twitter, which is where, where I found him. <laughs> And uh, Grant Mirage. So, yeah. I know. And um, yeah, th- thanks again, man. It's been so good. Um, it's a pleasure. Soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for recommending Mad God. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, it was a treat, and I didn't even know it existed. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. be sure to be sure to turn into Kylie sleeps at forty-two forty-four. <laughs> 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 <laughs>